Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Works Podcast. Today, Sarah and I are going to talk about some things that a lot of foundations do that makes nonprofit managers crazy <laughs> and why nobody should be doing them. And as always, please stick with us until the end when we'll talk about what we're looking forward to. so nice to be in person again. It really is. How yes. is that ankle? It's good. Yeah. I'm out of the boot. Good. Still hobbling around a little bit, but yeah. you know, it'll take some time. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, keep taking care of yourself. Thank you. Thank All the you. stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, this today, our conversation is something you brought to the table. Yeah. Um, you are so great at following the trends in foundation world and in nonprofit world mm-hmm. as a grant maker. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you have a favorite website, and social media presence that you follow, yeah. uh, nonprofit AF. Yes, I'm aware as well. You know, anyone <laughs> yeah. on the inside, um, this is a favorite source. So, he posted this great little listicle recently about ten things foundations do. Yes, um, that what was it that make that are is I, I think he called it like condescending things that that funders do. Yes. So what Um, we thought we'd do today is just talk about the list. mm -hmm. And I am so grateful that I was able to get all the way to number 10, and you have made sure we don't do these things. Well, yes. Um, (laughs) Most of them. I I would say number eight, and we'll go over number eight, which has given me food for thought as I think about the next, you know, big grant cycle. Yeah. Uh, We don't do... We don't demand this, mm-hmm. but we do ask it. So okay. we'll get to it. Well, let's start with number one okay. and just chit-chat our way through. Yeah, sounds good. So how about it? Uh, number one is requiring funds to be matched by other sources. So yeah, we see this from time to time, mostly around um, like state or federal funding sources or really, really big foundations yeah. where um, in order to be considered to... to um, get an award, you have to show that you have some sort of matching fund, whether it be, you know, another grant, mm-hmm. um, cash from your organization, or from the community in general. We don't do this. We don't do this. <laughs> this is not our jam. No. And come to us and ask us for what you really need exactly. to be really yeah. successful. Yeah. Interestingly, we find ourselves often being the matching funds. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Organizations come and say, we have an, a chance to receive money from, say, the Appalachian Regional Commission. Yes. And they require a match. Right. And so we'll jump in and be that private foundation exactly money. yeah and I should say you know there there are some really good reasons why some funders do require a match they mm-hmm. want to see that there is broader community support besides just you know what they're being asked for from their foundation or from the source but that's yeah that's not us what we do like to see though um, and organizations that have applied to us in the past, you know, in that top section looking for income, you know, you have the requested grant from the Community Foundation. We do like to see that you have other sources of income that are that are go- or revenue going towards um, the project, whether it's in-kind, mm-hmm. um, volunteer hours, um, you know, whatever it might be. That's a great point you raise because so many projects can't just survive on cash. Right. They require hours and people, and that is a lot of what we're looking for. Yes. If you're coming to us to buy a chest freezer. Right. Yeah, well. We're yeah. just going to buy the chest we're freezer. We're just going to buy you the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to Right. You're going to plug it in and it's yeah. going to be happily ever after. Exactly. But if we're talking about a robust program mm-hmm. that requires volunteers and requires staff to be successful, mm-hmm. we want to see how that all plays out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. Why don't you 
bring up the second one. All right, number two, um, having a challenging application process to teach nonprofits. How paternalistic is that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nonprofits are experts at what they do. Absolutely. We yeah. are not. No, we are not. We are here to be the receiver of your expertise. So Correct. that makes us smarter in our world, in the types of things we like to fund. I say it all the time. We are not here to put artificial hoops mm-hmm. in front of our organizations to jump through. Um, we want to get the funds that we have into the best pockets possible in our community to do the best work. I That's right. We're always looking for the best projects and best yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we don't want a challenging application process. We don't want to be gatekeepers. The opposite. We want the smoothest, honestly, easiest application process in town. Mm-hmm. And if anyone has ideas out there how to make our process easier, yes. bring them to us. Please, we please, are please. wide open for that, that yeah. feedback. That's why I, um, organizations will also know, notice that there are small tweaks that happen typically every cycle, yeah. whether it be a question change or deletion or something like that, and that's because of feedback that, that mm-hmm. we get from organizations. So. All right, number three. The third one is so old school. <laughs> Requiring board approval and board signatures. No. I had not seen this in 15 years. No. I no. didn't know any foundations were still doing this. So now no. I'm speaking directly to the foundation community. Knock it off. Please don't. Please don't. Yeah. That's absurd. I I mean, now I do understand you could have concerns about governance. Mm -hmm. So ask good questions about governance. That's all. A signature is archaic and just requires people to run around town and get signatures and then what, scan them in? No, thank you. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. So if if you're doing that, really stop and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Right, right. Yeah. Number four, tapering funds down from year to year. So this is sort of like giving a, you know, a, a pretty decent grant award one year and then cutting it by X percent every year yes. as it goes down. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can see doing this for capital funding. Mm-hmm. If you do a three-year capital grant yeah. for a capital campaign, it might make a lot of sense. If you're going to give $100,000 to give 50000 the first year and then 25000 the subsequent two years to help with those upfront costs. Right. I get yeah. that. Oh, that makes sense. But this feels a little bit more um, arbitrary than that. Right. If you're going to be a multi-year funder, Actually, just talk with the organization and say, hey, what's the best way to disperse this money? What if they want it at the back end? Right. What if they want the same every year? You can have that conversation because now as part of being, you know, best practices on your end Mm -hmm. foundation world, you should be expensing the entire grant in year one and holding it in cash. Yes. So if you're playing weird games, don't do that. (laughs) So it should not matter how you pay it out as far as your books are concerned. So you should be in conversation with them. You shouldn't be imposing that artificially on them. No, right. You're not a parent. Well, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like you said, paternalistic. All right. Oh, number five. Oh, this one. It's not providing significant funds in order to not, quote, tip nonprofits. Y'all, deep tracks. Here you come. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. An organization that's a nonprofit, that's a public charity, a 501c3 organization, which we actually are here at the Community Foundation, and that's what we also fund, 
you have to pass what's called the public support test, which means you have to show you have a broad ranging group of funders or donors. So if you had one person, say you're a youth center and you have a $100,000 budget and someone was very generous and said, we'll give you $100,000 a year to run the youth center, you'd actually fail your public support test because you'd have one donor. You'd be considered an offshoot of a private foundation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So deep, deep, deep tracks. Now, lots of ways to pass the public support test, but fundamentally, also not your problem as a foundation. That's really a question the nonprofit has to answer. You don't need to do that thinking for them. Right. If they're close to being tipped, that's really between them and their accountant. It's it's not for you to decide. It might be worth it. Mm -hmm. The risk of tipping is you open yourselves up to excise taxes, but they're pretty low. Mm -hmm. And so it might be worth the risk. Right. Now, in the long run, yeah, you'd have problems if you can only fund C3s and on and sure. on and on. Yes, it's a little more complicated. But at the end of the day, if you were to say, I won't give you the grant you have asked for just because I'm worried about tipping you, what are you doing? They're smart. They've thought about it. Yeah. So basically, this is super deep tracks. So for those of you who <laughs> listen to this casually, sorry about that. Right. And those of you who are in the nonprofit world and thinking, ooh, Am I getting close to tipping? Go ahead and take a peek. Take a peek. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that's like, that's just bad grant making. It is. Um, and that's a conversation, not not about tipping specifically, but just the danger that some funders get into micromanaging. Yes. Um, make decisions based on organization's health and the project and fit to mission and all that sort of thing. Don't get in the weeds of trying to be their, you know, CFO. Yeah. All right. All right. Number six is requiring nonprofits skip a year before reapplying for a grant. You know, you no. can never have a good idea two years in a row. No, I mean, never, <laughs> never. You know, a successful program should take a year off before, you know, starting again. <laughs> oh, look, what? you eradicated childhood poverty. Let's make sure kids are in poverty again so we can eradicate it again. <laughs> This is absurd. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yes. I hate this with like my whole heart. Yeah. No, 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 no. And we do get this question. All the time. All the time. So there are funders who are do, who are mm -hmm. saying, you know, you have to wait a year before reapplying again. Um, not, that's not our, that's not our business. Um, no, we encourage, if your program is working and you're, you're yeah. moving the, you know, the, the ruler, you know, a little bit and helping poverty issues and whatever ask us for more money so you can do more do more of it <laughs> grow the program yeah. my gosh right. and yeah there will be times that we don't have enough to fund everything sure. absolutely yeah. mm -hmm. and we occasionally have to make really hard decisions when it comes to grant making yeah. but i don't want other people to make that decision as in like they're just not going to come ask right come ask. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we need all the best ideas as much as possible absolutely um, and we usually can figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I also saw that some foundations not only they even require nonprofits to take a year off if they were denied. Oh, that's well, no, even more brutal. No, so you no. apply for money, you're denied and you get this fantastic feedback about mm -hmm. the denial mm -hmm. and you go rework some things. And then what? You have to wait a year Let's to put come it on a shelf back? until 2025. Right. Oh, <laughs> awful. No, that's no good. Um. Now, number seven, we're getting into some of the yeah. ones that you had mentioned, number eight, which mm -hmm. I'm excited to get to. But number seven did give me pause because until about three years ago, yeah. 
we were doing this. Absolutely. So this yeah. is a more recent area of growth for us. Mm-hmm. Requiring a certain level ex- of experience. Yeah. We would want to see some demonstrated experience in whatever was coming in. Sort of show us that you're ready to do this or you've got mm-hmm. the qualifications. And we still want a version of that. We don't want someone coming here with something that's really half-baked. Right. But if you require X number of years of success before getting a grant, you're guaranteeing that people with fresh new ideas or really fresh new voices Mm -hmm. are completely left out of your funding cycle. Right. And that we did. We found Sarah did a fantastic deep dive into our grant making um, and did find that we had a bias toward sort of the established organizations in town. And it was because of this. It was demonstrated track records of success. Right. We have since started taking more, um, I don't know if the word risk even applies here, but mm-hmm. risk, if you will, on newer ideas, newer kind of upstart organizations, newer leaders. Mm-hmm. And boy, are they knocking it out of the park. They really are. Yeah. And we were even, um, you know, we would always say that we would, would be interested in funding pilots, but it would be like pilot programs of those well-established organizations. Yes. But now we're, you know, we made this swing. hmm not really swing. We're still doing that, but we're also, we're doing this too. Yes. Um, you know, new organizations, new ideas, um, brand new voices, new mm. motivation. Yeah. Um, Even some people that are actually just new to town. New to town. Yeah. 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 We say we want to grow. Fresh. We want people to move here and start lives here. Right. We'll move here, start a life here, start a program, yeah. come to us. Yeah. You don't, you don't need to have five years of experience anymore. Um, again, I don't think we thought we had that bias, but boy, did the numbers show us we bias, did have yeah, that bias. Yeah, exactly. All right. Number eight, number eight. Here we are. Yes. Demanding a sustainability plan. It's that question. I think it's you know, it's in a, probably a couple of places now that I think about it. It's mm-hmm. on the budget form. You know, what's your sustainability plan? Yeah. And there's also a question within the application. Um, so there's two problems with that, that it's duplicative. Yeah. Should not be asking that question twice. And Oh, see number two. Yeah, see, Streamlining see that application. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how useful this is, really. Um, you know, sustainability is such an important concept. Mm-hmm. And I do think we can wrap ourselves up in it and, and get, you know, a little bit convoluted. What I like to see is vision. Yeah. I want to see a plan. Mm-hmm. I want a strategic plan. Mm-hmm. I want to see that you you as an organization, you've got a strong idea of the problem you're solving and how you're solving it. Yeah. And sustainability is part of that because as we said earlier, if you eradicate childhood poverty, I want to know you can do that forever. Yes. So I think reworking this idea of a sustainability plan, it's mm-hmm. really more a strategic plan. I think you're right. Yeah, it's going to be asking the question differently because the way it's answered in its current form is, um, you know, after this year of funding, what is your sustainability plan moving forward? And the obvious answer is, well, we still have to raise money yes. because we're a nonprofit organization, whether that's donors or mm-hmm. funders. So. It's going to be you, Community Foundation. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. we're going to. So I think you're right. Asking it more of, you know, what it, strategically, how will you sustain this program beyond mm-hmm. just funding? What are some of the other things you're going to do? What's your vision mm-hmm. in two, three, four years? And that would be really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
Number nine, another one that just really irked me <laughs> that someone would do this. Right. Not funding organizations until they, quote, get along. I thought turf war was not really so much a thing anymore. Exactly. It is is it? Know. Maybe this is in bigger here. cities. Boy, we have so streamlined in the Southern Finger Lakes over the past 20 years. Duplicative services are a thing of the past. Yeah. You really don't see this here. Again, maybe in large metropolitan areas, people bump up against each other. But my gosh, our nonprofit community is so collaborative, Mm. so cooperative, so kind to each other, so loving, so willing to share resources. Not getting along isn't even on the table. But I will say, if there were an opportunity ever, or if there were the reason to have to help two organizations better understand each other, Mm -hmm. we would just step in and say those words. Hey, can we make sure everyone understands what everyone else does and make sure that we can best serve the community? Correct. To withhold funding is... Again, it's like scolding your children. It is. And you're like, ultimately... You don't get dessert until you eat your dinner or you guys have yeah. to get along. And who That's are you crazy. hurting? Yeah. You're hurting the community. You're hurting the community. Right. Right. So... It's this, it's the power, right? That we have, we have worked really hard for a very long time to, to make sure that's not there, this unequal power um, differential between funder up here and nonprofit organization, like down below. Yeah. Um, There's no reason for that. No, no. We're all at the same table. We totally are. And we're at the same side of the table. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, All right. How about this last one? All right. Last one. Thinking short program reports will save nonprofits time. Um, so that one's weird for me too. Like, so this is like our follow-up evaluation at the mm-hmm. end of a grant year. Um, I, I feel like short program reports will save them time, think, but again, it's just the quality of the questions being asked. Correct. And the person writing this, um, they made the point that if you've already written a program evaluation, uh, for another funder mm-hmm. that really answers all the same questions, mm-hmm. could you just submit that one mm-hmm. rather than shifting to use the format we've put out there? Yeah. I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Again, I think this is about relationships. And mm-hmm. I did like the point where they said, and maybe the best thing to do would be have lunch together. Yes. And just better understand the program. Right. Always. Always. Yes. I'll always default to let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there is that piece of our reporting that we ask for feedback about the process that I wouldn't want to give up because that's how you get back to number one, two, three, where the process gets better and better and better. Right. Yeah. No, and that that feedback is very important. Um, And I think, too, when you're talking about having coffee or lunch with a grantee, um, that becomes especially important when there are challenges that come up with Mm -hmm. delivering a program or project, you know, some bumps along the way, which inevitably happen one reason or another, um, and I always want to make sure nonprofits are not afraid of mm-hmm. making that call or um, scheduling a meeting or something to talk about those because it's it's just a fact of life, <laughs> fact of this work. You know, stuff happens. It really does. I had a meeting last week with someone who about a program that they really the way they wrote it up at first, they had this vision of mm-hmm. it, but they've since shifted that vision. Mm-hmm. And they were nervous about this conversation. And I was delighted and mm-hmm. said, oh, my gosh, let's just rework this. Yeah. Because they had such great reasons to rework it. Mm-hmm. And all I want all the time is just to be 
able to meet the need of the program. If you're running into any kind of speed bump or roadblock, I want us to be the first call, not the last call. Right, right. And even if it's not a speed bump with one of our grants, like if you're just having a speed bump in general, yeah, like just come talk to us. Yes. I guarantee you'll feel better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We always have chocolate. We do always. So yeah, Yeah. just sneak on. And a cabinet full of snacks. Just come knock on the back door. (laughs) Right. All right. So those were, those were so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Sarah, before we get into what we're looking forward to, you also had, you found um, some really funny nonprofit pickup lines. Yeah. So this is same website, nonprofit (laughs) AF. As I was just like looking for ideas for the podcast, I stumbled upon this. So um, even though Valentine's Day, uh, was that last week? No. Where are we? A couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Um, Yeah, so this is uh, nonprofit pickup lines. You can use this Valentine's Day or year-round, and they're just (laughs) really, really funny. So I'll just give a a couple, um, (laughs) and I'll do funny. This one, number three. Did you forget to file your Form 990? Because you got fine written all over you. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to tell that joke to John. (laughs) He will love that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, Here's another one. I'll show you my indirect costs if you show me yours. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, we've been at this too long. I know. What's wrong with us? That was so funny to me. It's it's all funny. what is this? Uh, Have a give us one more. Oh, no, this is, I, there's too many. Too many, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, I hope I'm not rushing things, but you really seem like someone I could introduce to my board. <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's so <laughs> <laughs> <How> funny. <laughs> this is so funny. What's a nice organization like you doing in an 8 a.m. breakfast roundtable like this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, so oh, you've got to link Weird. the whole like, list yeah, of those uh, totally. to our Facebook group. Totally so <laughs> the Good Works Facebook group. There yeah. we go. Yeah. And I also, I want to do a call out for other, like, we, we only shared 10 different mm-hmm. things that funders should not be doing on their applications. But please, if you can think of, and I'm sure there are other things, yes. if there are other things that you would like to see um, changed mm-hmm. or made easier, please comment um, on our Facebook page or send an email. Yeah. Please, we yeah. really mean that. Um, we we love the feedback. Yeah, yeah. We have very thick skin. Yes. Trust us. We mm-hmm. we promise. We're we're not <laughs> saying this lightly. Yeah. Uh, we love to tweak our process. Right. All right, Sarah. Okay. Well, with that, uh, what are you looking forward to in the next few weeks? All right. Well, uh, it, yeah. This is like clockwork. Baseball season is about yep. to start. Um, March thirteenth, the season <laughs> officially begins for high school baseball around here. Um, and so do the various fundraisers mm-hmm. for youth sports. So um, I'm looking forward to helping to serve some spaghetti and meatballs this Saturday um, at the Hibernians in Elmira to support um, the Elmira Express baseball team. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in having spaghetti, <laughs> yes, uh, spaghetti, meatballs, bread, and a dessert of your choice for only $12, mm-hmm. um, let me know. Um, yeah. Also, shout out to... Uh, if you're able to volunteer or purchase tickets, whatever, raffles, whatever it might be for youth sports or different things for kids, it's really, really important. It is. And that's a play or a way we can all play a role mm-hmm. in these kids' lives. Yeah. You might not be able to coach, but mm-hmm. you can certainly purchase a raffle ticket. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What are you looking forward to? Well, something kind of big. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as we wind down, I'm starting my first ever sabbatical in two days. So I will be out of the office for three whole months. 
I've been at the Community Foundation 21 years now. Mm -hmm. And this is something foundation presidents do tend to do is take sabbaticals. And they all look so different. And I researched all different kinds and how to do it. But I'm stepping out to really give myself a chance to think bigger thoughts about philanthropy, bigger thoughts about the community. Um, By not being in the day-to-day, hopefully it'll trigger some unlock some things in my brain that maybe are just below the surface and I can't get them because Mm -hmm. I'm busy doing the regular stuff. Um, But also to just rest a bit. I have some thoughts about naps, Um, travel. (laughs) uh, I'm going to clean out my attic. Mm -hmm. I've got a whole list of things. Um, And so I won't be here for three months and it's very bittersweet feeling. I'm going to miss everyone. It's going to be so strange. Not having you here. Oh, daily. I just, oh, it's going to be so strange not to come here daily. I fear I'm going to get in my car and it's just going to drive itself right over here. Um, and so, yeah, what you're going to hear for a couple months is, you know, Sarah on the pod, uh, maybe some guests and things. So you won't hear my voice until June, um, but I will be listening. So I am a huge fan of the Community Foundation as much as I am its president. And so, I'm actually also looking forward to getting to see things on Facebook that I didn't know happened and get to experience them like community members. Um, And in fact, in the last third of my sabbatical, my big plan is to experience our community as someone who tries to just go to the farmer's market as much Mm -hmm. as possible, hit the trails. I want to get out and really live in our community hour by hour um, and take advantage of all the things that we fund and love that I'm here all day so I'm not out there so um, you may see me honestly if you're local especially in May that's a big part of my strategy for May Um, but no March I'll be hibernating because it's March Mm -hmm. April I'll be traveling and then May I think I'll be out and about a lot that'll be really interesting to hear um, about your experience because we've been what you've been 21 years, I've been 15 years yeah. here. Before that, we both worked in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So it's always been, we've sort of gotten a, um, like a head start on events and programs happening in the community. Yeah. So to, to be like a normal, a regular community member outside of foundation nonprofit world is going to be neat. It is going to be neat. That's why I've waited for the third month to make mm-hmm. that a priority because I'll be using FLX calendar right. yeah. just like people. All the tools. Right. Because I always see the behind the scenes planning mm-hmm. calendar, but I won't be looking at that for two months. Yeah. So I am eager to see what it feels like just to hear about something on Facebook mm-hmm. like my friends do. <laughs> um, so yeah. Thank you uh, so much for listening all the way to the end as we had this real deep tracks conversation about nonprofit life. Um, I really look forward to being a listener for the next few months and experiencing the Good Works podcast from the outside looking in. Uh, And so I'll be missing this conversation. I'll be missing my interaction with everyone. This is where it feels bittersweet. But I'll be back in June and thinking big thoughts. And if anything... (laughs) Nervous about what on earth I'm going to cook up for the next 20 years (laughs) when I have time to unplug. So I think I'll be as surprised as anyone else about what I come back with. Um, So thank you all for listening all the way to the end. And next month, Sarah will be coming back with another episode of the Good Works Podcast. (laughs) 